Welcome to the Selfish Badass Podcast, the show that teaches women how to practice the art of radical self-care. Are you a woman in today's world who is tired of all the pressure? The pressure to feel like you've got to show up and be the best in all the roles you play? It's exhausting, it's overwhelming, and it is a recipe for burnout, my friends. It takes a radical, if not a rebellious act, to be a woman who puts herself first, to be a woman who says no to the pressure, and to put her dreams on the front burner of life. This show is all about unpacking what radical self-care looks like. It's about saying no to the pressure and yes to the good life. Radical self-care is the approach to success, leadership, and living a kick-ass life. I'm your host, certified professional life coach, Krista Resnick, and I'm thrilled that you are joining me on this journey. Let's get started. So I have a theory that we do not have enough fun and laughter and levity in our culture today. We take everything so seriously, right? And again, that creates so much stress, tension, and pressure. And nobody wants that. Life is meant to be lived to the full and to be enjoyed. And so today, that is what we are going to unpack. And I cannot think of a better time to release this pod than in what's happening with COVID-19 and everything that's kind of going on that feels so heavy in this uncertain time than to talk a little bit about how we can bring laughter and how we can bring levity into maybe not even you know, COVID-19, but way beyond that into our everyday life. So you're going to love today's episode because it is all about laughter and levity. So here we go. Okay, so we are moving into part of the show that I absolutely love, and that is called the permission slip. And today's permission is cultivate some happy in your life. I have a belief that it is your basic human right to be happy, and happiness is a choice, and there's no excuse for not trying to make the best out of the life you've been given. So based on my research and coaching many, many one-on-one clients, there's three simple habits that I've noticed happy people incorporate into their life to, you know, be happy, people. (laughs) So number one. Happy people don't blame others or make excuses because when you blame, you become the victim. And when you're the victim, you automatically eliminate all possibilities for your situation. You are literally giving your power away. Number two, happy people live in the present. The past is gone. Living there perpetuates guilt, shame, and keeps you stuck. You cannot change it. You can only learn from it and move forward. Number three, happy people practice gratitude. Gratitude is a serious magic pill. It can lift you from feeling low, sad, and fearful to feeling high on life in no time. It's so easy to fall into the trap of negativity, right? It's a lot more challenging to look around and practice gratitude for the things you have and the experiences you encounter. So that is this episode's permission slip. So permission granted, go get yourself some happy. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Selfish Badass Movement. I am so excited to introduce to you today somebody that you are just absolutely going to fall in love with. She is my friend, Jackie Anderson, and Jackie is a certified laughter leader expert and certified, get this, joyologist. Little bit about Jackie before we dive in. In second grade, she wrote a paragraph with a picture stating, I want to play, play all day. Throughout her life, she had a career in retail leadership financial sales, financial leadership, etc. You get the point. Very corporate type life, right? 
And at the age of 55, she really began to question herself about her purpose in life. Pretty soon thereafter, she left the corporate world to pursue her own business in laughter. She started Anderson Wellness and began the laughter journey. She trained with WLT Inc. World Laughter Tour, and she went on to achieve her expert certification and began conducting laughter sessions in Arkansas. She then moved back to Illinois in 2019 and continued her edu education training with the real Patch Adams with a Caring Clowns mission trip to Costa Rica. Here's is where she learned about clowning under the guidance of Patch Adams. Jackie's desire is to bring hope to the people out there feeling hopeless. Laughter to those who feel they can't laugh to help people find the funny in everyday situations that can get on your nerves. We've all been there. <laughs> Jackie currently resides in Riverside, Illinois. She has two adult daughters and a dog named Bailey. Jackie, I am just so excited to have you on the pod today. Welcome. Thank you so much, Krista. I feel honored and privileged to be working closely with you because I think you and I truly are connected in our thought process. I think we totally are, which I, I just believe so much in your movement and just um, adding laughter, adding laughter to our day. And before we even hit record today, you and I were kind of noodling over this idea of how a day without laughter is a day wasted. Um, absolutely, Krista. And I think, you know, I want to go back to the, the point that you first, you know, were, said about me when I said, I want to play, play all day. Then I go into how I spent my whole life in the corporate world and I was constantly being spoken to because I laugh a lot. Mm. And um, my philosophy in life is that it's too short not to laugh. You know, I, like many people, have had tragedy in my life. Laughter has been a coping mechanism for me. And in my last training that I was with, um, with Steve Wilson in the World Laughter Tour, um, <clears throat> I said, you know, Steve, I get in trouble because of nervous laughter a lot. And people say that it's like this bad thing. And um, he's like, oh, there's nothing, nothing more untrue than that, that laughter is a coping mechanism that helps to relieve tension. And it can change the way that you're looking at things. So... I, you know, I said, yeah, I constantly get in trouble for this, um, that it's inappropriate laughter. And he's like, you know, you have to curb it, but you still can have that laughter. He goes, I, I admire you for that. So in the corporate world, when I was dealing with this, uh, the situation of really, what is my purpose in life? What am I doing here? I really couldn't say how I was adding value. And that's really important to me. And so laughing and having fun and still getting my job done, I was always able to do that. Um, so I think it's really important. So I'm just taking you back to the, I want to play, play all day. I have now gotten myself into a situation where I get to do that. And I don't consider this a job. I consider this fun because at the end of day, and again, you and I discussed this before we started talking, but my philosophy or my motto for Anderson Wellness is improving the world one laugh at a time. And if I can get one person to laugh a day and it changes their mood, I consider that a day worthwhile. Um, not only for that other person, but for me as well. So, yeah, absolutely. It is such, laughter and joy are such a major, major component of what I consider to be and what my message is, is true and radical self-care. And in a culture, in a world where we pride ourselves on how busy we are and production and performing and numbers and stats and accolades, 
that can lead up to a really crazy, overcommitted, chaotic, and at times unfulfilling life, right? And Absolutely. we take that fun and that play and that laughter and levity out of our lives, life becomes really, really hard. And I do have to back up because I was kind of giggling as you were talking about laughing at inappropriate times because I have been that person that's laughed at funerals. <laughs> and I always thought, what is wrong with me? How can you be laughing at a funeral? But it is kind of that, that nervousness that, that when something is uncomfortable, it is a default mechanism or a coping me mechanism that we fall toward to kind of release some of that anxiety, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely it is. And really that's what la the laughter that I work with is. It is not getting up and being a stand-up comedian. It is being able to find the funny in everyday happenings. Finding the funny in adversity that is out there. Um, because if we don't do that, we're going to be a bunch of very, very, very unhappy people. So speaking of funerals, you know, that I always thought too, how inappropriate to laugh at a funeral. Well, um, one of our trainers um, had um, a situation where his father was very ill and they were doing home care with him and he was with his mother and he happened to be at the house and the father, you know, they had talked. I mean, it was, this was a good situation. Um, just, he was dying of old age. However, he did pass away while he was there with his mother. And he told his mother and they cried and they hugged and, you know, all the machines were still going on him. Um, like the oxygen was still working with him, you know, and um, he's, he finally looked at his mom and he said, I suppose we could turn it off now. And they both just started laughing um, because it was this situation where they had gone for, and I probably did a horrible job of just explaining that, but they had gone through oh, all wow. this horrible stuff and you know they knew it was gonna happen and it did. And they grieved for a period of time and just were like, okay, it's over. And and, and, and they laughed and then they started telling, you know, good stories about their father. Um, so, you know, you have to be able to find the funny in whatever is out there. And, and that's a motto I really stand behind. So yeah. I couldn't tell a joke if it killed me, to be real honest with you. I'm you terrible can't. at joke tell. I could not. Yeah. So, so that it's really interesting to me because as you're talking more and explaining more of your, your movement and what this is really about, it's not about standing up and being the funniest person in the room at all. At all. No, it, it's not at all. Yeah. It's finding those moments, you know, like when you were explaining about this, this story about this gentleman and how after, you know, he passed, they were sharing good stories. And I think, and you and I were talking about this again before I hit the record button, that that's one of the things that I have come to believe so strongly about laughter and why it is such an integral part of self-care is that it connects us as human beings. Laughter connects us and it connects us by, I believe, creating this container where we feel a little bit vulnerable with one another when we've shared this good hard belly laugh. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you know, maybe there's some science behind it that you can share or, you know, even just, you know, some emotional aspects that you might want to talk about. But I find that when I share a good hard laugh with someone, I instantly feel really connected to them. Like we shared something special and connection is something, and, and maybe we'll get into this a little bit further into the podcast as well, but connection is something that a lot of us are, missing in today's world. Absolutely, Krista. And you can connect with a total stranger. And, and that's what's interesting. So if you think about it, and I get together with my close friends, and we're just taught, having a serious conversation, and all of a sudden, like something will come up, and it's like, oh, do you remember? And 
when we did this and you burst into a deep belly laugh, you have a connection and you're continuing that connection. Um, I, I work in retail just for the fun of it right now, just to get me out of my house. And every day I'm talking with total strangers. And I can't tell you the amount of people that I end up just having a good laugh with because we establish a connection in a very short period of time um, just through our hellos. How are you doing? How can I help you spend money today? Um, just we're, it's this just really sort of, I don't, it seems platonic, but ultimately we have a connection. And I work in a huge store that's four stories tall. And when I'm usually on the first floor, when they leave, they will all come to me, not all, a lot of them and come to say goodbye to me because we had a connection that I built with them upon entering and we had a good little laugh together and they went on their merry way and went and did their shopping and they come out and they're like, bye Jackie, see you later. You know, thanks so much. And you know what? In my mind, I'm actually doing some of my certified laughter leader techniques while I'm at work every day. So, yeah. So, so tell us, Jackie, what does connection mean to you? That word has been, you know, used a lot here in the last minute or so. So how, how, what does that word mean to you, first of all, and how do you know when you feel connected to somebody? Well, I can tell you, so truly, Krista, my training that I do, and I'll explain that to you in a little bit too, is more working with people to help them to find that funny in everyday situations. So I don't know that we're talking about that, that connection with other people as much as I'm talking about a connection with that good feeling within yourself, if that sounds crazy enough. I love it. I love um, it. Self-care is, is all about connecting, yes, with others, but it's really about connecting with yourself. So I right. love you said that. Yeah. And if we're connecting and if we can find out what makes us feel good, it's really we have to be okay first before we can impact anybody else. So um, I, I legitimately had a woman come into one of my sessions and she said, you will not get me to laugh, but if you can get me to smile, I will consider this session a success. And I was like, honestly flabbergasted, like who doesn't smile? But there are people that don't smile. That's a reality in the world that we live in. At the end of the session, not only did she laugh and partake in some of the goofy activities that we do, but she came up to me and said, you made me smile. I am going to walk away from here smiling a little bit more frequently um, because I felt good. And I was like, oh my God, that is probably more success than the people that were connected with each other when we were doing these crazy activities um, because that impacted her own personality. And now this was not a young chicken. I'm going to say she was probably about 60 to 65 years old, delightful, successful career woman, um, and just worked in human resources, if you can believe that. <laughs> I can, actually. <laughs> I can believe it. And um, so she walked away with that. So there is connection. What's happening is a, a chemical release when you're laughing. So first of all, your body does not know the difference between a fake laugh, like ha, 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 and a genuine gut laugh which where you're just rolling over laughing out loud, there is the same chemical re release that can go on with both types of laughter. Isn't that interesting? So interesting. So um, there is a human being out there, um, Norman Cousins, who has written books on this. Norman Cousins was dealing with a type of illness. Um, I can't remember the name of it. Um, however, he used laughter along with his doctor's advice on helping him get through the pain that he was dealing with. 
Um, so I'm getting away from your connectedness connection or correct question a little bit right here, but um, he used to watch funny shows because he could never get any sleep because he was in so much pain. By watching these funny shows, he laughed so much that it released enough chemicals into his body that he was able to get four hours of sleep, which to him was incredible and helped him to get through his illness. So if you think about women, all I remember is when I had my children and you're up every hour, every other hour, all night long, once you get like four hours of sleep consistent, you're like, oh my God, I'm a new woman. I got four hours of sleep. I feel normal. And in reality now, I would say, no, that's not enough. But four hours really helped Norman Cousins to deal with his illness. So it helps to relieve pain. They're introducing laughter now um, when people are undergoing chemo treatments. So it's getting involved in the, the field of medicine. Um, so there is a lot to be said for that. Laughter can provide sanity in my mind. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Where were you when I was raising these three wild prairie chickens that I have? <laughs> I know, right? I wish I knew it back then too. So oh. right, it's like, I am happy. And to be real honest, it took for me to be 55 years old and experience my first panic attack in life. I'd never had one before. And I had a panic attack at work one day and I didn't know what to do. So I'm not embarrassed to say that. It's who I am. I'm a pretty highly or tight wound person. And, um, you know, take work. I took work very seriously, constantly working for promotions. And to have this anxiety attack, it's like, you know what? This is just not worth it. And so I will tell you, um, I have used my laughter techniques in multiple occasions in my personal life to help me get through situations um, where bad things were happening. And I was just able to, you know, laughter isn't just laughter either. We do breathing techniques. We do meditations, we do gratitude journaling, we do all sorts of different things. Where, um, for if can I give you an example of where I, I truly love to hear one? Yes, so I was moving from Arkansas, and um, this was in June, and I was you know busy packing everything and moving things into my garage so that it was ready for the move. And I decided quickly before I went to go bask in the sun for a little bit to run a few things into my garage and I tripped on a rug that was in my garage and I had both of my arms filled well I went flying couldn't really land well because I had my arms full and I took a spill that I thought I was going to pass out and it was pretty bad ended up in the ER however before that I'm in the garage, I couldn't get up. I had no phone with me and I'm thinking, I'm gonna die here because nobody is around in Arkansas. It's a very hot in June and I'm on the floor and I can't move. So I feel myself getting ready to pass out. I immediately went to my breathing techniques and did my three seconds in, hold it for three seconds, exhale for three seconds. I did that three times because it helped me to get my rational brain back. Once I had my rational brain back and I didn't pass out, I was able to think to myself, oh my God, what if somebody saw that? That would be the funniest thing in the world to see. Now, I'm in extreme pain and <laughs> I was able to figure out how to get myself up and out. Bottom line, ended up in the ER, um, thought I had a broken shoulder, broken wrist, um, bruised knees, and my toe is what had gotten caught on something, broke my toe. Bottom line is I just broke my toe, nothing else, but I was in bad shape. So I was able to get through that situation using my laughter techniques that I had been training other people to use to help get myself up into my house, get in my car to drive to the doctor. Don't ask me how I did that with those injuries, but I did and I was a-okay. So that's like my little testimonial of 
immediately putting myself in a workshop using some of the techniques to help myself out. Yeah, I love that story. And, you know, it all starts really the foundation that I start every client with is breath work. If there was one tool and only one that I could teach, it's breath work. Because I always explain it as it's sort of like the stick in the spoke of the wheel that stops the spiral downward of all this negative thoughts and self-sabotage so that we can then choose something different. And that's, as you were explaining that story, that's exactly what I heard was, okay, let's do the breath work for a minute here. Now we can start stepping into some of the laughter piece or some of the more positive thinking, you know, whatever works for you, whatever you want to call it. And we can choose something different so that we can get ourselves out of this <laughs> dire situation of being on the floor here, right? <laughs> yeah, really, I mean, the breath work is so, so, so foundational. And I tell everybody it's free. It costs you nothing. It's exactly. You have it in your back pocket. It is the number one tool that I recommend to everybody. Absolutely. Oh, so Jackie, I want to go back for a minute to the story that you shared a little bit earlier about the panic attack, because I think a lot of the people listening can relate to a story, maybe not a full-blown panic attack, but overcommitment, chaotic life, busy, sitting down and looking at their calendar going, I don't have freaking time to breathe this week. So what was that moment? What was that thought process like for you that, that you're in the middle of this panic attack? And what are you thinking in that moment that then catapulted you to, I got to make some changes? Well, that had never happened to me before. And so I have a daughter that is, she's a, a mini me in every way of the word. And as much as like I get frustrated with her sometimes because she is just like me, um, she dealt with um, anxiety and panic attacks, et cetera, all through high school. And I didn't really know how to help her. So um, when it was happening to me, I was like, the first thing I thought of was, this is what my daughter went through. Oh my God, I wish I would have been better excuse me, at supporting her. And um, so when I went through this, I went into the fight or flight mode, right? And I was with a group of people and this was happening in front of a group of people, which is really what caused the anxiety because I've worked in human resources before and I know that you don't ever publicly correct somebody. You do that in a one-on-one -on -one session. And um, a, a, an executive was actually doing this to me in front of my client's building. And it freaked me out because I thought, oh my God, doesn't she know better? You know, so my mind was in a million different places other than what had truly happened. And um, so I, I just thought, you know what, I can't control that piece again um, as much as I tried. Um, so I actually went back to my office, grabbed my computer, went home, continued working, but was freaking out. So I guess really to answer your question, is your question what made me decide something's got to change here? Yeah. Yeah. Like something was kind of stewing in your mind at that point. Like this cannot continue this way. I don't want another one of those panic attacks or whatever that was. Correct. And so I had choices to make um, as far as how I was going to deal with that particular situation. And after, you know, really walking myself through it, and of course, I did not come to this realization this day, because I know better than that to make those impulsive decisions that will impact the rest of your life. Um, so I thought about it. Um, I didn't go into work the next day. Um, I actually said I may not even go in on the following Monday. That's how this impacted me, um, which is so bizarre for me. Um, and I thought about it over the weekend and thought about what can I do? What's within my realm to handle? Um, because we can only control what we can control. 
we cannot control other people. Um, I, I took everything that I had to to my boss, um, spoke to him. I did, again, in my mind, everything I thought I could do. And if it was going to be, and I was ready to make a change, let's just call it, call it what it is, um, that it, it just was time. I needed to have a purpose that was fulfilling to me to, to move forward. So, so that's sort of where this, it all sort of started with me leaving. And in the back of my mind, I had wanted to do laughter for over seven years. And it's like, you know what? It's time. It is yeah. time that I do this. Whether I stay here or not, I need to get involved in this laughter business. Yeah, yeah. And so making that jump, that move, what fears did you have to overcome in order to step into the laughter arena or step into your purpose? And your well, yeah, and that, you know what, honestly, I hindsight being 2020, I wish I would have done this five years ago. You know, I was so career driven and I always have preached to my own children, do what you love and love what you do. And I've been preaching that to them since they were kids, like go to college for what you want to do. Well, I didn't do that myself. I sort of fell into different roles throughout time. And, um, while I did love a majority of them, I will not lie. I pretty much loved what I did my entire life until I finally took this last role and it was doing something I really didn't want to do, but I did it because it was going to get me to the next step. But um, I wanted to, um, I'm sort of losing track here now, Krista. I wanted to, um, to pursue laughter to pursue um, what I love to do, what I had been preaching to everybody else. So I had to take into consideration, can I leave my job and do this? Or do I need to stay in my job and do this as a part-time thing? You know, so it took some financial planning. Um, do I have support behind me? Of course I had support. I had so many people that had been asking me to do this for a long time that I was like, yes, this is the right thing for me. It goes along with my per personality and really what I find important in life. So I contacted a financial planner to see, hey, if I leave my job, can I take like a year hiatus here and work on this business? And he was like, yes, you can do it. Um, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and I just jumped in both feet. Wow. That's incredible. And I think that will give so many listeners a lot of hope because oftentimes I always say, we don't think we have choices. We always have a choice. Now you maybe can't choose to leave your job. If you're somebody that's listening to this episode today, right? or tomorrow, or even next week, but you have a choice and you can hire the financial planner or you can come up with some sort of a plan to leave at some point and step into something else, something better, your true purpose, your true calling. So I love that you said it wasn't a quick overnight thing. It took some planning on your part and some, a little bit of legwork. Wasn't snap of a finger and, you know, now we're off doing the next thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. A lot of decision making, a lot of thinking about it, a lot of, uh, you know, attending the workshops, um, uh, making sure it was the right thing for me because after my first workshop, I wasn't sure. And um, then I went to my second one and I was like, oh, I am absolutely sure this is what I need to be doing. I can work with people and make them um, feel better. I, I had fabulous neighbors too that I practiced on. So they would come over to my house and we would do different sessions at my house and they would give me insight into what I was doing. Um, World Laughter Tour Inc., which is led by Steve Wilson, um, which is 20 years old in 2020. Um, um, he has been an amazing, I mean, him and his wife, Pam, are two of the most incredible human beings. And I'm not saying that just to say that. They are two people that, I don't want to say idols, but I, I almost idolize them. They are so 
happy together. They are personally, they are so happy with their business and they are so happy to help anybody that works with them to be successful. And he is a psychologist. He has got the, the education behind everything. There's everything that we teach to is basically scientifically backed. So it's not like I'm just saying, oh, laughter is the best medicine. I can legit give you reasons why laughter is so good for you because of what it's doing to your body, etc. Yeah. So, you know, it's getting back to why I did this. I fell into a really good thing. Um, and it happened to be from a friend who she heard me laughing one day and she, her name is Marty Charnitz and um, uh, friends to this day, laughter leaders together um, said, you need to get involved in laughter. That is so your personality. So I attribute all of this to Marty. <laughs> awesome. The power of a, of a good friendship and connection. You know, going back to that connection. So a couple of questions here for you, Jackie, you mentioned the science behind the laughter. So share with the listeners a little bit about what happens in the body science-wise when we have a good laugh. Okay, I'm looking really quickie, quickly for my, my cheat notes here because I've got a whole page that I pass out to people um, about the, the benefits of laughter. So um, truly, when you are laughing, you are, of course, we all know you're releasing different chemicals within your body. So um, when you're laughing, it decreases the serum cortisol, um, thus providing the antidote for harmful effects of stress. Okay, so cortisol, we all need cortisol in our body, but stress and anxiety cause overproduction of cortisol. Laughter helps to control that and decrease that cortisol from going into your body. It is helping to, you know, you're releasing dopamine and um, serotonin, et cetera. And that increases the antibodies in your, um, so here's one benefit of it. Antibodies in your saliva that com combats upper respiratory infections. So that's a benefit of the laughter. Your body is releasing these other chemicals that, can impact your body. Um, laughter reduces your blood pressure and your heart rate. Think about what that's doing to you. Mm -hmm. How many of us have high blood pressure? How many of us, I'm, I'm sorry? I'm even thinking of, <laughs> sometimes I like to think as you're sharing these examples, sometimes my mind will go to the opposite. And I'm picturing people that I know that never laugh and that are all about you know, living a hard life and super negative. And you see those signs in their body almost physically. They kind of have a hunchback or yeah. they just look tired and haggard and wore down. And let's be honest, not even physically, they're the people that when you run into them at the grocery store or you see them coming your direction, you quickly, you know, get involved in your grocery list or, <laughs> you know, you pick up the phone and you suddenly find that you're talking to no one on the other end because you think, I don't, I don't want to deal with that person that I just can't have that toxicity in my day. And it's okay, Krista. That is one thing that I have learned is that we need to take care of us. And so if not exposing yourself to something like that is going to help you, that is by all means what you should do. Mm -hmm. Now, I look at people like that as a challenge. Right. Um, because I'm at, too. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm at a pretty good state in my life where I feel that if I can get those people to calm down just a little bit, and you know, and it's not by saying you need to calm down because that's just gonna rile them up even more. But by lightening the mood and doing what I do and making them laugh, it helps. Just laughing helps to relax the muscles throughout your entire body. Yeah. So that, I mean, that can just help that person, whether they realize it or not. You know, there's so many different things that can be helping 
laughter can help. It helps your body to fight off infection. Um, it releases, when you're laughing, it releases endorphins and that's a natural pain relief, again, that, that can help as well. So, so there's incredible. It so really is. That are happening in your body. So tell us, Jackie, we've kind of learned some of the benefits. So how can we very simply start to incorporate laughter, levity, joy, into our daily lives? That's a really great question, Krista, and I do have an answer. So this is, this is a Jackie experience. Not everybody does it, but I just want to share with you that World Laughter Tour teaches good-hearted living, okay? So good-hearted living is something that Steve Wilson came up with, and he actually has a book out there, and it's basically a journal. And, um, and it's a daily guide. Um, so I, I began laughter in the year 2018. I did my first session, I believe it was in September or October, and then my expert session in October or November, one or the other. And I learned the good hearted living techniques. And basically what it is, is it's choosing something to focus on each day of the week. Okay, so I'll just share that with you. Um, so Mondays, Mondays are for compliments. So find the good in everyone and say nice things to each other. Krista, you know what you just did and nobody's gonna see this on a podcast, but you just started smiling. And do you know that just smiling helps to release chemicals into your own body? Okay, so we actually teach techniques to get people just to smile by putting a pencil in your mouth and biting on it without letting your lips touch it. It forces you to smile, okay? So Mondays are for compliments. It's as simple as that. Just watch what happens if you give somebody a compliment, they will smile. Yes. And you know what? So do you. It's a double impact improving the world one laugh at a time, which is again, my motto. Tuesday, well, I say too that um, part of self-care, one thing of self around self-care that we don't give enough conversation to, I believe is the notion of giving. And giving is receiving. And when you are free to give compliments, to see other people's beauty, not even necessarily physical beauty, but when you call out someone's strengths and talents and give them a compliment on something that, whether it's, it's something physical about that person or whether it's a talent that they have, that is a blessing back to yourself. It's so important. Yep. I do goofy things. Um, I'm just a goofy person, um, but I do goofy things to my friends like, hey, Lisa, have I told you lately that I love you? And I am so glad you are part of my life because of all the fun times we have together. And, and we, I mean, yes, we're close friends, but out of the blue, I'll say something like that and she'll just start laughing and we just start, I mean, it's a great feeling for both of us. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So is for compliments. Tuesdays is for what? Tuesdays is for flexibility. Okay. And flexibility does not mean exercising. Okay. Right. Or stretching. Flexibility is being open to other people's ideas, mm. um, to try something challenging that or something that's going to challenge you um, um to challenge the status quo to be open to be flexible in the corporate world what this meant to me is have you ever been in a meeting where somebody is like i have to do it my way or it's not going to work so then everybody else around them is trying to figure out okay i'll do it your way just to make you happy but you're going to have to tell me exactly what that means well, how about that person be flexible and maybe they would be find out that other people have ideas and you're going to achieve the same end result. However, it might be a little different path to get there, but you yourself might learn something. So being flexible, being open, challenging the status quo of everyday life. 
That's Tuesday. Love it. Love it. Wednesdays. Wednesdays are for gratitude. Um, and gratitude, and this is something I'm going to get back into on what I really did um, my, in the year of 2018 is, you know, appreciate yourself, first of all. Be grateful for yourself. Um, be, just say thank you. Say thank you to somebody. I mean, it's as simple as that. Um, and I'm going to tell you an exercise that I did last year um, at the beginning of the year for gratitude. Um, but I'm going to get into that after I go through the good-hearted living. Okay. Thursdays, Thursdays are for kindness. Kindness is simply smile at others. Just really challenge yourself. Look at a stranger walking down the street. Smile at them and see what happens. Even if you open your mouth and say hello, or good morning, or how are you today? See what happens. They will smile, I can almost guarantee you that. Practice random acts of kindness. You know, we hear about this stuff all the time. I do this all the time. I will open a door for somebody and it's like, oh my God, I opened a door, it was free, it didn't hurt me, it helped somebody else. Mm -hmm. Random acts of kindness could be anything. Um, and then Fridays, Fridays are forgiveness. Fridays are for forgiveness, I shall say. So choose to let go of anger, grudges, and resentment. Being angry and holding grudges harms who? It harms you. Yes. It's like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. And that is not going to happen. So... I always say to people, I forgive you for what you did. Now, I'm actually going through a really tough situation right now where I forgive the person for what they've done to me. Will I forget about it? Probably never. Doesn't However, you put yourself back into the situation, nope. right? I'm That's done with the situation. Yourself. Yeah, exactly, Krista. I'm sorry for interrupting you. No, you're um, but it's like I have moved on and I am now focused back on me and on helping others, et cetera. So forgiveness is really, really, really a great thing for you. And then let's go on to Saturday and Sunday and we just call that the weekends. And we say weekends are for chocolate, okay? So that might mean have a piece of chocolate to some. It might mean just really doting on yourself, looking out for yourself rest, relaxation, and recreation. Something Get to treat yourself well. Correct. Get out in nature. Do you know the positive impact that nature has on our bodies? And I really started realizing this when I moved to Arkansas because I went hiking every weekend in Arkansas. And to be out in nature, and the person that I went hiking with, his name is Praveen, and we I could literally see a change in Praveen when we were hiking. And I would say to him, oh my God, you are such a different person when you're out here. Because all week long, he went into this job that was stressful, working with information technology, et cetera. He was a completely different person, and so was I. So it's yeah. basically treating yourself, having fun. Yeah. So weekends are for chocolate. I love it. I'm all about treating yourself. And, and, you know, one of my things in 2020, Jackie, is I'm choosing to wear perfume every uh -huh. day, every day. Some of them are very expensive. Some of them are not expensive at all. It doesn't matter. That's not the point. But opening up my senses, it's so pleasurable. And I was saving some of my more expensive scents for special occasions. And I realized recently that I am the damn special occasion. <laughs> you are right. Right? <laughs> and so I am choosing, it's just something little, but it's really profound in the sense that I'm treating myself with the utmost respect by putting this perfume on every day because it's something that's meaningful to me. It's something that matters to me. It's something that opens up my senses and I just feel such love and admiration for myself when I choose to put on these beautiful scents. Even if I'm having a day in my pajamas, 
I will still put on sometimes the most expensive perfume that I have. It doesn't matter if I'm not going anywhere. It's for me. It's a little micro commitment to myself that signals to my mind, I matter. I'm important. So I, I, I love that. Well, and I love that you're saying that. So in my mind, I will probably use that as an example of how Krista puts her perfume on. And we all need to find our perfume moment. Yes. What that means to you as perfume, what that means to somebody else might mean that they get themselves out of bed and wash their face and maybe put on mascara or they put on their workout clothes and they go out for a walk. Whatever that perfume moment is to you, we need to take care of ourselves. Yeah. So that is critical. I, so, love it. I, I would love to share with you what I did last year. And really it stemmed from Wednesdays are for gratitude. Yeah. Um, but we can all, sh do you know that you can shape your brain into thinking Yes. Okay. So our, I've always preached to my children about their prefrontal cortex and that they can't get married until they're 25 because their prefrontal cortex is not matured enough. And also I have daughters and in, in males, it's a, a scientific fact that their prefrontal cortex does not mature as quickly as the female does. And I'm not doing a zing on anybody that's just a fact. And so it's like, no, you can't get married until your prefrontal cortex is matured. That's good so, advice, mom. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. But and, and actually it's working. They both are dating and neither one are married. One's 26, one's 24. Love them to death. I love the boys or men in their lives, etc. cetera. Um, however, what I did is I practiced 21 days of gratitude. So what 21 days of gratitude meant to me was the first thing that I did every morning, it was sort of like your perfume moment, was I would go make my coffee, get my coffee and go into my office. I would write down three things in my gratitude journal that I was grateful for from the day before. And um, I would not just write down, I'm thankful for my kids but I'm thankful for my kids because, you know, they did this, or this one reached out to me and did this, or this one had a problem and came to me and we came to a resolution. I had to get some specifics in there. Yeah. I'm thankful for my dog because when I was feeling very sad, my dog came and sat by me and it really helped me through that difficult moment or I'm thankful that it was a sunny day in Arkansas today because I was able to get outside and really enjoy nature. Okay, so I did that for 21 days along with writing. Now this, was, this took a little bit of time, but I did it and it cost a little bit of money, little. I wrote three notes of gratitude to people that I was thankful for are grateful for and I reached out to one of them happened to be my children's preschool teacher who I just wrote her a note and said I am so grateful that my children attended your preschool 20 some years ago because you really played an integral part in developing their character to be positive human beings and I am so proud of how they have turned out now and I really I'm grateful that you helped lead them down that path. Well, guess what? I sent I send these out in the mail. I sent some to my next door neighbor because we would get together and have cocktails together. I sent them all over 21 days of this. It made me look at every day a little bit differently because I would be thinking, what am I going to be writing down tomorrow? What am I grateful for? And so as I went out for a walk, I would be talking to a neighbor and she'd have her headset on and, you know, whatever, listening to music. I said, did you ever just go for a walk and not think of anything other than what's in front of you? Quit thinking about what you have to do next. Quit thinking about problems. Instead, look at the sky. Look at that beautiful blue sky. Do you ever pause? And my neighbor's just like, oh my God, Jackie, I have never really done that. I'm always thinking, I got to go pick up my daughter here. I've got to get this done. I've got to go get a snack for that, blah, blah, blah. 
I need to stop and smell the roses, right? My mom used to say that to me. So true. And as cliche as that saying can be, and I think, you know, we've heard it so much that we tend to tune it out. I believe gratitude is one of the most powerful, again, free tools that we can use to change our life because it helps us to stop, to get out of the past, to to stay out of the future. Future, way too far ahead, future focused is anxiety. Yep. Living in the past is depression. So when we stop and we ask ourselves, what am I grateful for in this very moment? And why, I do believe that why is the secret sauce. So I think why helps you go a level deeper and really lean into that energetic vibration behind why am I really grateful? Like, let's start pulling a layer of the onion back. Why does this actually matter to me? But it really helps us to harness our energy into that present moment because at the end of the day, the present moment is all we have. It's all we have. We don't have the past. We don't have the future. We just have this very second right now. And I think that's what gratitude helps us do is to stop again, put the stick in the wheel and harness all of that energy into this very, very moment. You are so right. And I will tell you also, it had such a profound impact on me that I do teach this in every one of the classes or sessions that I do. I make a recommendation. Now, it's a commitment, but it helped me so much, really shape my brain in the way that I look at things. I just went on a mission trip, gosh, I think it was in October, and I went with Patch Adams, the real Patch Adams that had the movie that Robin Williams played. He's an incredible human being because of his philosophy on how he works with patients in hospitals, et cetera. Um, But it made me realize as I'm in Costa Rica, you know, third world country, they like what they're dealing with on a daily basis. I, I am so grateful. I have nothing to complain about. I have issues. I have stuff going on. Not everybody's always nice. You know, I'm in Chicago where traffic is a nightmare, but you know what? There's traffic here. There's people with cars. I'm not walking, you know, it's, we have so much to be grateful for in this world that sometimes we need to pause and show our gratitude. Yes. Yes. Couldn't and agree so, with you more. Yeah. And, and, and I love that you shared these simple, you know, the Monday through the weekend tools, something that the listeners can do every single day that again, you know, if you're, if you're somebody who's really maybe pinched for pennies and, and can't, afford, you know, writing cards, or maybe that's just not your thing. Maybe you don't like physically handwriting cards. Send a text, send a Facebook message, call somebody and say, you know, you have been on my mind for the past couple of days. And I just, I just want to see how you're doing. And I just want to let you know what you mean to me. These are the simplest and yet most profound things that you can implement to really start to create some healthy habits in your life and see some transformation and practice true radical self-care. So wasn't Jackie amazing? What a bright light in this world. I'm going to drop all of the places that you can find Jackie in the show notes so that you can reach out to her, connect with her. And I also want to share with you another really powerful self-discovery tool that I created just for you. It is called Calm During COVID, and it is a deep dive self-discovery 
mini challenge or mini course that is delivered to your email inbox every day for five days straight. Every day you're gonna get a journal prompt and you're going to get a video to take you on a little bit deeper dive of that day's prompt from yours truly. So this is something that you really want to grab hold of because not only is it going to help you with stress, tension, and anxiety during this COVID-19, but it is truly going to help you if you are feeling pressurized and stress and anxiety, just overwhelmed in any aspect of life. This is a powerful, powerful tool. So you can find that tool at bit.ly forward slash calm during COVID. And I'm going to leave that in the show notes as well. So grab a hold of that. Make sure you reply to any of those emails and let me know where you are experiencing transformation, where you are having some aha moments. We are going to get through this uncertain time and we're going to do it together. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to today's pod and I'll see you next time. for tuning in to this week's episode of the Selfish Badass Podcast. I'm so glad you joined me. If you're someone who's curious about this radical self-care, please head on over to my website, krista.resnick.com, where I have created for you a robust PDF called Why Selfish is the New Black. If you are a woman who wants to learn to put herself and her dreams first, then this PDF is no joke, y'all. Go ahead, find me at kristaresnick.com, download your PDF, enjoy, have a really great week, and we'll see you really soon.